everybody and welcome to the Lion of the Ice Week podcast episode 85. My name is Dan Murphy and joining me today as ever is Mr Chris Manning. Chris, how is the... I'm fine, thank you Dan. I am the immortal Iron Fist. I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight. It's mm-hmm. been, uh, only been a few Iron days. Fist, I, Iron Fist is superb, I'll have you know. There is nothing wrong with a bit of, a bit of Kung Fu. Um, I'm excited to talk about Bolton. I'm getting into the, the swing of being back on regularly as well. So yeah, all is good. You're on your own in terms of excitement. Because also joining me is Mr. Will Jones, and Will, I, I hope you're not excited about talking about Bolton, because as everyone knows, we're still shit. Yep, um, yeah, no difference to usual, but yeah, back again, um, not as excited as usual, given the, the recent results, but I'm glad in a way that I've been there, just been moving into uni instead, which has been, you. yeah, far more enjoyable than sitting through mm-hmm. lots of matches. So. Hope you're nursing oh, a hangover, I hope you're going out after that, is it freshers still? It is, it was last week, yeah. But oh, okay, so you've been amongst yeah. it now, you've started. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah, it's good, it's good. Started a sports journalism course, so, um, yeah. Oh, I hope I can make you. Making me feel very, very old, lads. It was my freshers is 15 years ago. <laughs> Damn, I'll be like that in a blink of an eye, I should imagine. But let's, let's stop talking about how we're all getting old. Talk about how Bolton losing is getting very old. Since the last podcast, Bolton have played two matches. One that we said, I think, once again, said it was a must-win against Brentford at home, a team that was four points or three points ahead of us, or not four points ahead of us, and no seven points because uh, they won easily three 0 took us apart. We never even looked like scoring, Chris. No, and it, more of a, a you know a must-win element of it was the fact this was supposed to be the measuring stick, wasn't it? We we can accept. We were told to accept the losses against the the teams higher up because the I mean, Ken Jong-un's little mini-league comment always would come back to bite him on the arse. And now we're bottom of this mini-league because we got absolutely tated against Brentford. We were, we were in the game for 20 minutes or so and it all swung upon, it all swung after an injury to one to their centre-half. Um, it really disrupted our flow and our rhythm. And we went from dominating, from Medine hitting the post and forcing another good save out of the keeper with a good lob, uh, to absolute nothingness. Indeed, the replacement centre-half was the the opening goal scorer with an absolutely brilliant free kick. Um, and then from there, it just went from worse to worse. Uh, ultimately, we, we lost 3-0. It was, it's was it been pretty much universally acknowledged as being one of the worst performances of, of the last few years, which is saying something. Uh, and it led to a lot of head scratching about what to do next. Was it the manager's fault? Was it the embargo's fault? Could we still blame that? Uh, was it the player's fault? There wasn't more really that much blame placed upon the playing squad, which I thought was quite refreshing for, for Wanderers. But overall, the players looked, they did look lethargic. They looked um, devoid of any sort of real inspiration. Um, a lot of criticism being laid Parky's way in terms of the way he set the team up. People playing out of position. You had Philip Morais playing in the centre of midfield, and then he would move over to the left, uh, which, given he did all his damage down the right last season, was a bit of a head-scratcher. Um but it was a midfield again that proved to be the problem. They were weak. They were unable to in, to to retain the ball. There were no real threat forward or back, uh, unless you count the threat they posed to our own goal. Well, that's good to know. And it doesn't seem mm. like Bristol went any better because well, none of us were there to watch it, so we can't really talk about it because we shouldn't. As you know, as Lee Anderson says, we shouldn't talk about things where we weren't at. As I'm sure he we're was not allowed. Um, mm. Yeah, and so. I mean, sorry, lads, and, but this podcast's over now because we have nothing else to talk about. Didn't <laughs> expect. <laughs> right, Bolton, they lost 2-0 to Bristol City. 3-0, was it? 3-0? 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. 3
2-0, mate. 2-0. No, it's 10 men after Maurice got sent off in the first half. And again, it could have been more. We were dominated pretty much from start to finish. And we, as we said, we generally can't talk about it too much beyond it's nice to see Jeff King getting game time. It's not doesn't seem like he could have an awful and lot of effect on the game due to how shit we are. But it's nice to see that with the embargo gone, we are playing uh, kids. And also, who started in midfield alongside him, none other than Carl Henry, football's favourite Tory, who are signed for Bolton until the end of the season. What do you think of that then, Chris? Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people's comments I echo. Um, you know, it's all right, all well and good having this guy who for years and years and years we've we've said he's a knobhead, but you know, now he's our knobhead and what I said previously about the team being soft and the midfield being weak, I think that's certainly something that you can't levy at Carl Henry because Carl Henry's spent his entire career booting people mm-hmm. and primarily booting Wanderers players. So yeah, he's thirty five in a couple of weeks, so he's no spring chicken. He's gonna need people to do the running for him. But he, he certainly has got that competitiveness that I think maybe we've lacked because against Brentford especially, I saw the likes of Karachan uh, uh, um, in the centre of midfield and they're just so powder, powder puff. Karachan in, in particular, is you know he's not got any real upper body strength or physicality to his game. And so he, he found himself easily bypassed. And we've still got the Jay Spearing comments all over the, the place, which is it's getting on my tits now, to be honest, because I don't know how clear the club can be in the fact that they're not chasing Spearing, they've got no interest in Spearing and seemingly Spearing's got no interest in us either. Um, but to see someone come in, and we've said this before, it doesn't have to be anyone in particular, it just has to be someone who's got the right characteristics to improve what is a, a weak midfield. Now, the fact that we've got someone who's no no frills, he's clearly only got physicality to his game. I think that's a, a, a you know a positive step and, and I'm hopeful that he's going he's gonna to settle in because I know he's not played much, although he had a full pre-season with West Brom. So you would expect he'd be, you know, he's not coming in from a complete standing start, but I do believe that his um, his physicality is something that we've been crying out for all season. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it improves us in the short term. I think that we will see a bit of a benefit um, because we should certainly not be as easy to walk through as we were on Saturday when the gap between the midfield and the defence, you could have driven two buses through, never mind one. It was, uh, mm-hmm. it was really was the, the root cause of all our problems, I thought. Yeah, I really don't like Henry as a player or as a person. I've like kind of <laughs> vehemently hated him as a player um, for a while because he's just the archetypal hate, any, hate against, when he's against you. But when he's for you, and fair enough. Now, I, don't, I think it's a dire sign of the times that we need to sign Carl Henry. I think it's an even dire sign of the times that it's actually a good signing, or at least... An understandable signing, like he's he's crap, but he's the type of player we need. Just a mean bastard, he'll kick the shit out of people, and as I say, mm. some physicality in that midfield. And we've been lacking beggars can't be choosers, so we've got him in. Didn't make an awful lot of difference on Tuesday night, like, but we take we we roll with it. What do you think of the signing, Will? Um, yeah, I think it's one that's probably going to divide opinions a fair bit. Um, obviously, with most of us expecting to see um, Julio Baptista walk back through the doors, but obviously that one. Disappeared into thin air, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm fully in support, you know, of, of the signing. I think just because, um, like Chris said, I think we've made it really clear now that we're not going after Spearing, but we were still lacking that sort of a figure in, in midfield because that's ultimately where the weak point's been, particularly when you look back and you analyse matches and where we've just been torn apart. It is the the lack of physical presence in in the centre of the park, so. To have someone like Henry who's not afraid to 
got flying into a 50-50 challenge and, you know, just get us going a little bit, you know, and add a bit of passion and momentum to it, to the side. Um, hopefully it'll be a good addition. Mm-hmm. There was certainly a lot of passion missing on, on Saturday. There was an air of resignation around the stadium. It wasn't very wasn't very nice to, to sit through, to be honest, because although we didn't get the sort of violent protests that we've had of, of recent years, we certainly had a sort of bland acceptance, a bleak acceptance, I should say, of the position that we're in, in almost that, well, you know, what did you expect kind of mood, uh, which was a bit weird, to be honest. It's not. It's one of the first times I've felt that in the, in the stadium. Most people, when the goals went in, you just got to shake your head and think, well, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and I can't see that being any different on Saturday myself. And it was no different on Tuesday from from what I understood. The, the, when I followed the game, it did seem like we put up more of a fight, but given what little of a fight we put in the week before, that's really not... Putting not up fight, that, that, we need to be doing more putting up fight against Bristol City. Well, I know, but it should, be, it should be something that we do, you know, no matter what, even if we do get battered uh, against every single player you've ever, every single team you've ever heard of in your life. The fact that we need to, to stand, you know, put up more of a fight and stand up for ourselves and get stuck in, and if we can't beat somebody on in footballing terms, absolutely we should be running ourselves into the ground and doing whatever we can from a physical standpoint, and we definitely haven't been doing that. Yeah, I mean, we played Villa on Saturday, the Saturday coming up, and it's the last Saturday before the international break, I think, because we play Sheffield Wednesday after that two weeks it later. You right. I believe so. Will that game be Parkinson's last if we once again go without scoring, Will? Because, like, I'm honestly, I don't care either way. He could stay. I don't care. He could leave. I'm really just ambivalent. I, whatever. I don't want to see him go because I think it's harsh. But he's been absolutely appalling. Everything's been appalling this year. So I, I wouldn't be against him leaving either. So do you see him? We've got nothing else to talk about, really. Since one of us a bit of the games. Um, and there's not really much to talk about, even if we had. So the Parkinson debate is hotting up. I think the tides are definitely turning now. There were boos on Saturday, I believe. There were boos on Tuesday night. Um, I think, go? yeah, it, it, there's a number of ways to look at it, really. Because um, at the start of the season, obviously, everyone was saying, you know, give him chances only in five games or whatever. It'd be ridiculous to, sign, uh, to sack him now. And, you know, we, a lot of people have, have then gone for the for the side of, look, we, we can't afford to sack him. You know, it, it, we're going to have to go. Uh, about it another way, you know, whether there's a mutual resignation or whether he just walks or, you know, it, it's going to be, um, it's it's it remains to be seen really. And then there's the other group who, you know, you you look at the record and regardless of how well he did with us last season and regardless of, you know, whether whether or not he is our current best option, you have you have to look at the stats now. You have to look at the record of the season, and you can't say that we can just you know, keep going with Parkinson because it's not going to get any better unless there's some sort of change. And I know we touched on this quite a lot last week in saying that nobody really has any idea what the answer is and what, what changes need to be made. Um, but it's looking more and more likely like it is going to be the manager that changes. Um, I, I myself am a massive fan of Parkinson. You know, I'm not in any way massively Parkinson out you know I don't think that that's necessarily the right answer but it's one that I think we're going to be forced into come Saturday when we we inevitably get battered because they look extremely strong uh, at weekend on on Tuesday I believe as well so um, it's it's kind of just a matter of time now to see what happens. Chris? I, I don't think it's going to be the end if we lose you know whether we lose heavily or not I think 
two away games is slightly different than say two home games where we'd get battered on the you know within in quick succession because it's one thing having an away fat away match with a few hundred maybe a thousand fans expressing a disappointment but when we're in a, a, a home stadium like when Megs had his whole game for yeah. example um, and, Friedman, and the whole stadium Friedman lost remember yep. the 4-1 or the 4-0 against Fulham kept his job and it was the 2-0 against Derby that's, sorry, that's right when the you got a full stadium baying for the manager's blood then I think that's a different matter altogether so I, I don't see it happening this weekend and um, next weekend whether that's the that's well, we need the same, an international break that's the issue like, I don't think we do I don't think we do because any any manager that you're going to get can't strengthen the squad, so he can't change the team. So whether he's got a week or two weeks, I don't think you're going to get a manager in at this point who's going to radically change things so much that he needs a week or ten days training to get his message across. We're not, you know, we're not bringing in Marcelo Bielsa, for example. You know, we're going to be bringing in Billy Davies, probably someone like that. Who all it's going to be is roll up, roll up your sleeves and work hard. I don't think you need that much time to impart that kind of message. But at the same time. I still find it hard to to reconcile where we are with changing the manager. I don't know whether that's my own indifference a little bit, or it's the fact that even after Saturday, there was not that air, that was there wasn't that message in the ground. There was obviously a few shouts here and there of people expressing how unhappy they were, but largely speaking, like I said before, it was a sort of acceptance of where we are, and I don't think that that's going to change, um, and it's only a tonking against Sheffield Wednesday at home and another Brentford-esque performance that I think would see people flip from accepting where we are and realising there's not a lot we can do about it to, right, let's, you know, let's sort of enforce change by our negative response towards the manager. I, I don't see it happening anytime soon, really, only because I think the situation is that obviously dire. People accept and realise there's not a lot we can do about it. And Parky's still got some really good credit in the bank, I think, with most after the way last season went. Mm-hmm. Certainly be the one to get us back up again from League One, should we fall back there. But how many players we'd have at that point, it's hard to fucking imagine. Indeed. It'd be another start again job, I think. Mm-hmm. You brought up then Billy Davis. His, would he be your choice or the one you imagine would get the oh, job? Oh, no, no, not, not at all. I'm just, I only mean in terms of that ilk. You know, an out-of-work out of manager who's... I've been out of work for a while. Who's that that sort of manager? You know, someone who's who's got that reputation of being a, of being a hard ass, someone that can come in and, and change the mentality of the squad. Oh Jesus, my choice is already manager of Cardiff at the moment, mate. Mm-hmm. They'd have to give me some more time to think of somebody. But no, I think you know you're looking at the likes of Davies because we're not going to be able to really pick and choose anyone from the lower leagues because it's going to involve paying more of a fee than than we would likely want to pay. So yeah, you, you know, picking him out of a hat, but someone like that, I think, is probably the realistic choice. Or we could pick the fellow that's just gone to Ross County, I suppose. No, what, he's not getting his oh. name mentioned on this podcast. It's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> Will, who would you have as a replacement should one be needed? I don't know who I would pick specifically, but I know one who I wouldn't, and it needs to stop going round. Sam Allardyce because it's not going to happen. He has retired. He's not going to come out of retirement. He, oh, I don't know. He said something on an interview on like Talk Sport recently saying, oh, it's too early for me yet. He's going to be back in a job by February. Guaranteed. Do you think? I really, yeah, 100%. EK. So, when no he left, way. I know he said he retired and that, and the chance of him coming back were yeah, quite I high. Yeah, the chance of him going to Bolton is still fucking minuscule. Yeah, um, I, I think about, there will be another job for him somewhere else, but the, the chance of him coming back to Sables, I think, are highly unlikely. Um, that's, that's that's very very much the case. I mean, I know Kevin Nolan's been mentioned as well, hasn't he? And as if we didn't make that mistake the first time around with Friedman in 
giving someone a job that's had six months worth of good results. And hopefully we hopefully think we'd learned our lesson in that respect. Mm. We can't decry we can't decry the fact that, you know, Parkey's only got what, five wins in sixty five games in the championship and claim that he's got a lack of experience at this level and then plump for someone that's got even less. I think that's just stupid. I think like Chris said, it's a bit weird to speculate as well now, just because you know, of of how limited a manager will be to, to now come in and you know, with, there's a lack of things that they could change. Um and you just kind of have to accept that whatever happens now, it's inevitable that we're going to go down. And, you know, when even though you're saying if we get someone in before the international break and Parky leaves, you know, it, it then takes time for them to get used to the squad, to get used to the club, to know how we run, you know, to, to figure out a formation, their best team, to get to know the team. Because that's always been, you know, something that I've freaked out about in a way, um, having a new manager and then them not being able to spot the potential that all the fans know is there i.e. when we had Clough and Holden and they weren't picked immediately when the new manager came in, you know, it annoyed me because I thought, they are there, they're good, why why aren't you picking them? And I know that it takes time for managers to, to realise that and to know which which players are the, are the club's best, but um, I think right now we just need to stick with what we've got because it's not really going to change anything whether we get rid of Parky or not, I think. So, I don't know, I don't... I know what you're saying, I kind of agree in some respects, like, we are probably going to go down, but sh- even if we are going to go down, does that mean we should accept it and at least not do something to try and change things? And you know, We can't change playing squad unless half the squad's injured and the other half's shit, and, well, yeah, they're all, well, they're all shit really, aren't they? But, um, you're taking as much of a risk, I think, changing manager, though. There's no guarantee that someone's going to come in and meet and able to do any different, so you, you've got to then decide whether you take that gamble Financially and pay the pay off the team that he's brought in already. Well, can we even do Within that? Eight, but but can we exactly? And so that's the next decision to make, and that's what again further makes me wonder whether that's even on the cards because we know how how tight he is. Mm. You just gonna have to just have to wait and see. And I, I just think you know even if results are stunningly poor over the next two or three weeks, I, I just can't I can't envisage it. Really can't envisage. It. I think he's is you know is he'll what he achieved last season against all odds. Let's face it, because I don't think. You know, we, we should have really got promotion given the, the side we had. We did well to get promotion. And I think that that ability to maybe bounce back, to, to sort of quote Alan Partridge, will, be, will definitely stand in Parkinson's favour. Mm. I just want to say, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said something along the lines of Sheffield United might not take to the Championship that well because their play style, <laughs> um, whatever I said, Fucking shoot me for all of it because they're amazing. They're so good. I watched the Sheffield Derby. Second in the league, aren't they now? I believe. So good. I mean, John Fleck. I've always known he was like a good player, but he's um, he's had like um, jumped, jumped up the level really well. Um, the young lad David David Brooks, I think, has just got his call up to Wales. Fuck it, he ran the show against Wednesday. So good. Even Leon Clark's getting in amongst it. So you know it's going well when that's happening. It is a fucking nice thing since we've got nothing else to talk about. How would things be different if we had got Wilder instead of Parkinson? Because obviously Wilder was the first choice. Well, um, yeah, I mean you have to look back now and think, you know, where else could we've gone and where would we be now? Um, obviously, it's difficult to say where we would be lying now. But I mean, Wilder's obviously done a fantastic job with Sheffield United, and you know, I, I fully rate him as a manager. And I know it, he would have been the pick for a lot of fans back when we were making that decision. Um, I have to say I was happy with Parkinson to start with, but uh, um, yeah, I mean you could argue that now we'd we'd be doing a lot better. You know, obviously they were champions last year. I I don't they don't they didn't go 
undefeated or anything. They went however many games unbeaten at home, I think. Um, I might be wrong. But, um, yeah, no, they just look a really good side. And obviously this season they've adapted really well, a lot better than we have, you know, to say that we were only, ten, what, 10 points behind them in the end, I think it was, at the end of last season. Um, and it just shows the golf and how, you know, the two manager, managers have started to adapt to the championship differently. Um, I know Pakistan has probably a lot less experience in the championship than Wilder does, which might, you know, kind of separate them. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting one. You know, it's like, what could we have had? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I think he starts. He starts the game on the front foot, wild, doesn't he? I think he's that sort of person. Mm. quite outward go, outward going, and, and positive and, and attacking as well. I mean, I know they lost their first. Was it four games last season? Yeah. And ended up ended up winning the title with 100 points. So to have that kind of character to to pull a team together, um, even you know a team that had under underperformed at that level for many many years, I think it shows the the, the, the sort of motivational character that it sticks that the man's got and. I don't know what Parky's motivational characteristics are like. I mean, he comes off across a little bit dour, but who's to say what it's like behind the scenes? But I like Wilder's attitude. You know, he seems like he doesn't really care what people think about him, doesn't really be interested in um, anything to do with his, his own image. Um, so I like him. I think, you know, I'm, I'm pleased for him. I think Sheffield United as, as a whole, the fans, they must be very happy, must be pinching themselves. I saw the derby myself too, and they thoroughly deserve to beat to beat Wednesday. I know that it was fairly closer in the end, I think, than it might have been. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder what if. Same with a few managers over the years. I remember when we were talk, we, we, we were trying to get Steve Bruce off Wigan. And this must be going back 10 years, I think, you know, when after Allardyce had left. And we tried to get him and we couldn't agree compensation with Wigan. There's a few managers over the years that have been like that. Even Ken Anderson mentioned um, he dropped a few hints when Liam, Liam and I met him that time that we were interested in Marco Silva before he became Marco Silva that's currently ripping up the Premier League with Watford. So I bet there's been a few near misses over the years that have been mm. you know, quite interesting to, to look back upon in, in the books that we're all going to join up and write once upon a time. Mm-hmm. So is there anything at all, like we're only 21 minutes in, or 22 I should say, but I have nothing, honestly nothing left to say about Bolton. I'm so fucking, I was, like, I was, I was pretty kind of jaded with it all last year. So this year, Really not feeling it. So, is there anything else you want to say, Chris? Should we should we lighten things up and talk about the Carlton and Cole rumor? Do what, sir? Yeah, oh, why yeah, not? Let's talk about Carlton. Let's talk about Carlton Cole. Dan, I'm going to put the question to you. If you were looking for a striker to to solve your attacking woes, would you a go with somebody who, who has a storied Premier League career, played for Chelsea, played for West Ham, played for England, I believe, as well? Uh, or would you go for a striker that hadn't didn't score in uh, 15 games in the Indonesian Premier League and whose chairman said that it was like playing with 10 men when he was on the pitch? Are they the same person by any chance? Uh, they are the same person. It's a trick question. Tell me what you think about Carlton Cole. I just, we've already got, well, we've got one fairly mediocre target man and one shit target man. We don't need another shit target man, do we really? And it's not going to make a difference because it's not the target men who's at fault it's everyone trying to get crosses and passes into them there's no support for the attack and that's why they're not scoring okay I'm sure they're missing chances as well if we ever get any but it's not the strikers that are the problem it's everything else really that's gone wrong and I know we still haven't scored a goal for like six games so they're not exactly doing the jobs brilliantly or anything but if you don't get the ball to the strikers they're never going to score are they so just getting another one's not going to make any fucking difference 
Fair point. Will? Yeah, it seems a little bit pointless having turned away Baptista like, for pretty much exactly the same reason. They basically offer the same thing, and I think we've kind of fallen into the trap of doing that this season a little bit. You know, we've got LaFondra and Armstrong that offer basically the same thing, and, you know, how do you decide between the two or two starts? Parkinson obviously favours Armstrong, and I know he's only on loan, but then you've got Medine and Will Brown, who I know everybody rates Medine and nobody rates Will Brown, but they're effectively the same player in terms of posture and, you know, just the presence. Um, and, you know, we we don't then need to look at two other big ones who aren't really going to offer anything either and aren't really going to get any game time. And if anything, they're going to come on for 10 minutes and walk around a little bit. And, and you know, just because they're a, a bit of a personality, they think that they can get away with it and it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Fully agree. Nothing to add. <laughs> Nothing to add. I think you you summed it up pretty well. I com- I completely agree with you. So is that the end of episode uh, eighty five? Short, but su- well, not very sweet at all. Really short and sour. There's not a lot you can do, is there? To be honest with you, I mean, it's... Well, this is what you get if you get weekly podcasts, and sometimes it's gonna be fuck all talk about. Sorry about that. Well, the trouble is, we we've got two games where that there's very little positivity to come out of it, and so yeah, we can analyse it to death. But ultimately, we've just got to look, look to the next game and see if we can do something about it. And nobody wants to talk about fucking morbid, depressing shite. I want to get this can that's open next to me, go back upstairs to my pals and just get pissed. And that's sent a lot I just, I just, I just wish we were allowed to talk about Bristol. So hopefully, Lee will, uh, will give us will give us permission in the future mm, to talk nice. about things we've that'd not seen. Nice. I mean, you know, I did see one reply which made me laugh. So credit to the guy that did it. You said. Uh, I don't have to have been at the Titan- on, on the Titanic to know that it sank. So fair play to that person. Yeah. Very, very witty. The the fucking seams are unravelling with that certain person's Twitter account and a certain other person's notes. And it's going to be funny to see how it reacts when it all comes fucking tumbling down. Because we've been on the side of kind of not not taking every tweet ever by face value. And it's going to be, I think we're going to eat, eat probably eating some more humble pie at some point, Christopher. Well, I take no uh, no great pleasure in uh, in doing the old I told you so's, and it may not come to pass, but it's just the way it is, isn't it? I don't think you can parachute in people and pretend to be hardcore supporters and then Sick ultimately absolutely amazing um, dog wear as well. Sick I think dress. that's the right word Sick to say dress. it. Sick wheels. I don't know what, what the kids say these days. Yeah, wheels, yeah. I, I'm into that. So, yeah, fair play on the trainer front. Rest of it, mm, less so. Not so much. Absolutely. Well, before we do break up, I want to, as well as the old regular plugs, I do want to ask a favour for you listeners. If you'd be so kind as to go on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for that matter, please go and follow at Blue Line Chef with two Fs. It's a little, well, a, a website we're making, slash newspaper we're making for university. It's very long, it's very tiring. It's, it, it's already the first week and I want to die. But if you could follow it, help us out so blue at blue line chef or you can search blue line news it's got a nice little logo with a blue tram line in it and the bln letters it's pretty good that's a good idea so please go and follow it if you'd be so kind and while you're at it you may as well follow me on twitter at the and will on twitter at will jones one but chris still does not have twitter so you cannot get him but you can get us all over at line of nsd of course we're on line of com where you can see uh articles which um you know lots of articles that don't go down well within the club 
which you know is always well and good and you know all that jazz all that jazz and there's nothing else to say lads it's time to say goodbye so say goodbye Chris goodbye Chris say goodbye Will goodbye Will it's goodbye from me say adieu